0: Washington Wizards of the National Basketball Association have won three consecutive games against teams also of the National Basketball Association. They won on Wednesday night in Atlanta, 131 to 117. I was not in Atlanta at the game. I'm Fred Katz, by the way. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic, and I'm the host of Wizards After Dark. I wasn't there. I'm currently in a basement right now. I'm the stereotypical writer blogger in a basement right now, uh, where I watch the game, where I'm podcasting on, on Skype, with now I can just say frequent guest and uh, friend of the show, I guess, Ben Standing of NBC Sports Washington.
1: Uh, why are you in a basement? I'm confused. Do you, why, not? Do you... why not? Why not? I, because it, I doesn't... want to be
0: as much of a cliche as possible.
1: I was going to say that we got to get the athletic to pay you more so we can get you like a, a better studio space or something or other.
0: Please call my bosses. Tell them that the more, right. the more people who want to tell them to pay me more, I'm, I'm not going to turn that down. Um, but I am in a basement. We're doing this one over Skype because I'm not there. Like I said on the previous episode, I'm not going to be in Cleveland either, but I think the wizards actually do pretty well when I'm not with them on the road this year. They're the very least. They have one win. They won this one, 131 to 117. There was only one, Wall at this game, it was Scott Wall, referee. John Wall was not there because of uh, personal reasons. He ended up missing the game. Uh, A few lines for you. There were some big lines tonight. Bradley Beal had 36 points. That's a season high to go with six boards and nine assists. I thought he was great. 12 for 22 from the field. Otto Porter had 20 and and 11 and 5. Sadoransky had what's for him. It might as well be like Wilt Chamberlain. Had fourteen and seven, and numbers aside, I thought this was one of his best games of the season. And you know, with Sato, you don't need the big numbers. Austin Rivers kind of had his most complete uh, line of the year. He had nine, seven, and seven. Marquise Morris had twelve off the bench. Uh, I'm starting to think that Road Ubre is going to get a big contract this summer, and Home Ubre is going to get the minimum. Somehow a team is going to divide them up because Kelly Oubre on the road again had 19 points again tonight and uh, and five boards, and he made his threes. The Wizards gave up 45 in the third quarter. If it weren't for the third quarter, this thing would have been a laugher for the final 24 minutes, but they gave up 45 points in the third quarter. Let's start with the good, though. Let's start with the good. Let's talk about Bradley Beal because for some reason, Ben, I feel like on this podcast, and this is obviously no one's fault but mine, but on this podcast, I feel like I, I gloss over Bradley Beal a little bit and and he was he gets an opportunity when John Wall's not there to show how good he can be. And we saw a little bit of it at the end of the Knicks game, right? With Beal kind of taking the initiative, him getting the, ha- the chance to handle the ball. And he's not necessarily your conventional point guard or anything like that. But when you make him your lead ball handler, facilitator, shot creator, whether for him or for others, man, you can have a good offense. And yeah, Atlanta stinks. They're awful on both sides of the ball. But... I thought Beal was just so good tonight. Uh,
1: so you, you just said that uh, Bradley Beal, somebody that maybe you know you're overlooking a little bit on the podcast or what have you. Um, I, I would just say that like the thing with Bradley Beal is there's two all stars in this team, but it's the other guy, John Wall, who gets the attention, who's the face of the franchise, the flashier player, the guy with the ball in his hands, and Bradley Beale's the guy who you know not not, not saying he's a he's a wallflower, but like you know he's the guy who's off the ball. He doesn't have the he doesn't play with the same chutzpah. That, that 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 wall does it's more fundamentally sound game and everything revolves around john wall good bad what have you and bradley beale it's like a kind of assumed he'll do his he'll do his thing but it's nights like this that remind you what what he can do and, and you know i pulled up while uh, i was getting ready to come on here i pulled up an article i wrote back in february at the point when i was had my other side the sports Capital. The, one, of the, one of the very first pieces I wrote was that it was during the time of everybody eats when when everybody when, when the Wizards were, last year were playing without John Wall and this became this whole thing are they better without Wall what have you and even then I was writing about how instead of everybody focusing on whether the Wizards are better with or without John Wall why don't we focus on how well they're playing with Bradley Beal and and that and that just gets constantly overlooked Bradley Beal is not one of the ten or fifteen best players in the league if you had him as your lead player, he's not going to be the guy that leads you to a title. But the way he plays, the way he works, the, the way he's fundamentally sound, the way he he got his points tonight, and yet it never felt like it was forced. Early in the game, a lot of other guys were getting involved. I'm sure we'll talk about all the assists tonight. And I think there's so much of it stems from his leadership and personality that it just gets so overlooked because the, the, the team is so dominated by Wall's personality. When Wall plays... Good or bad, the team typically goes with that because this is the way that it's been. But when Bradley Beal is the is in the lead spot, I, you don't see the fluctuation as much. I'm not saying there. this is not about playing better with or without Wall. It's just a matter of the way that Bradley Beal plays. He plays at a consistent motor and just, a, a like I said, a fundamentally sound game. I really think the team, when he's in that spot because Wall's out for whatever the reasons are, they just play in a different way, and I think tonight was an example of that, and it is why he, he's just underrated because we don't see it a lot because obviously Wall's out there. When he is, he's the one that dominates the action.
0: Yeah, I mean, stylistically, there's no question. They were different tonight than they are against, than they have been any other night this year, and part of that is because John Wall's not there. Part of that is because the Atlanta defense just doesn't give up that much resistance. I mean, Thomas Bryant having 16 points tonight had a lot to do with just the open cutting lanes that there were. All that being said, I bet you I can go check synergy after this, and I can run through every single game the Wizards have played this year, and I bet you they had more points off of cuts in this game than they have in any other game all season. And part of that was because of the assist numbers. They had 35 assists tonight, season nine. Part of that was because of the way they played. They were moving so well off the ball. I think some of it has to do with the fact that Satoransky played 38 minutes tonight. That's, I haven't checked, but I feel pretty comfortable just saying that's a season high, right? Like they, they, they moved the ball well. They moved without the ball well. And people talk so much about, um, about ball movement and how important ball movement is to being a good basketball team. Player movement is just as important. And tonight, Saturansky moves so well without the ball and so freely. Beal moves well without the ball. You saw Porter coming off of pin downs and putting up shots, which is a thing that he's capable of and obviously does, but he was doing it more tonight than he will on your average game. Their offense was more free-flowing, and they had a really, really nice offensive performance. Even, like, they put them 131 points, and they only shot 12 or 38 from three. It's not like this was a game where they just got hot and they hit 19 threes, you know?
1: A hundred percent, and, you know... um, You know, there's lots of stats in the NBA. Can't keep up on all of them at every minute of the day. But when we were just up in Philadelphia, uh, you and I were both in there when Brett Brown was talking pregame. And uh, I forget what the question was, but in his answer, he mentioned that the Wizards uh, lead the league in isolation plays. And um, I would bet you, if you look at your synergy numbers, I would assume they ran less of that tonight. Because, again, it's not a matter of good, bad, or indifferent. It's just different type of players. When John Wall's in the game, they're having him you know, dribble a lot. They go to set a pick. If nothing happens, he, he runs down the shot clock and goes makes a play. And then even when Bradley Beal takes over, it just typically is like they kind of keep the same kind of offense. But in this game, the ball right off the bat, like, a, like at the beginning, of the, before the game, I guess it was said that Austin Rivers was going to start and play the point guard. Apparently that was an emphasis that was made. And I was kind of like, eh, I'm going to bet it doesn't make a big difference. It's just going to be the, you know, nobody will be dominating the ball the way we're used to it. With, with Wall, because none of these guys are as good at what Wall can do, and that's what we saw. The ball was moving all over the place, and when the ball moves – I mean, there, the one great thing about basketball that I love, Fred, is that it doesn't matter whether you play at the NBA level or the pickup league. It's all the same on some level. When the ball moves and you think it's going to find you, you will move, and when it, you will move to, to, to go – to, to, to go meet it, and when you do that, you start doing other things. You start moving more on defense. You start doing the little things because you know in your head you actually might get the ball on offense. And as silly as it is, that is the thing that drives anybody who has ever played basketball to to want to do more. And I think that is kind of what we saw tonight. Right off the bat, the ball was moving. It was finding guys. I mean, Bradley Beal, like I said, he scored thirty six, but at the beginning of the game, he wasn't being that aggressive with it. Other guys who were getting involved, and I, I, I mean. There is something to that. I don't know how to argue it otherwise if people want to come up with some other rationale, but
0: that's just fundamental basketball. If you've ever played, that's a thing. And, Ben, I'll tell you something else. So isolation, by the way, inherently, people talk about, oh, there's so much iso, it couldn't be a good offense. Isolation inherently is not bad. Like sure, Houston, I think actually I'm going to correct you. I'm going to just humiliate you right now. I think Brett Brown said the Wizards were second in isolation. Son of, of a – And uh, if he he said first, he was wrong because they are second. Nah, that's Uh, probably right. Houston's number one because James Harden, I think – Yes, yes. I I, I forget who is second in the league in isolation plays. It might be Damian Lillard. Uh, He's averaging about nine isolation plays a game on Synergy. James Harden is averaging 17. So that really shows you how many – Isolation plays James Harden has a game compared to everybody else in the league and how that brings up Houston's numbers to such an outrageous degree. I want to play a quick, here's a quick game for you. Here's why the Wizards are are second in the league in isolation plays per game. So Bradley Beal is averaging, this was coming into tonight's game. The numbers are not updated after tonight's game. Bradley Beal, and, and these numbers, obviously, I always take these numbers with a grain of salt. I try to use these numbers to steer me in a direction of how I can apply them to a game while Comparing it to film and comparing it to things I've watched and other things I observe and that kind of stuff, these sorts of numbers are not perfect. They steer you in a direction. They're there for uh, for support, you know, and that's pretty much it. Uh, What's What's the saying? Uh, Statistics are statistics are to an argument like a lamppost is to a drunk person. They're for support, not illumination. And that's what this is. This is just support. But this can help enhance a conversation and push forward a conversation. Let's play this game. So Bradley Beal coming into tonight was averaging 2.7 isolation plays a game. Uh, John Wall was averaging 8.4 isolation plays a game. And these are possessions that end on either a shot, a pass, or a turnover out of one of their isolation plays. Okay, This is not just them shooting out of isolation. So... The Wizards average 112.3 points per possession on plays that end on a pass shot or turnover out of Bradley Beal isolation plays. That is great. 112.3 points per 100 possessions is awesome. That's an amazing offensive efficiency. That's like the equivalent to a top five offensive efficiency. If you're getting that out of isolation, that's awesome. Ben, let's play a game. What do you think they're averaging on plays that end in a pass shot or turnover out of John Wall isolations?
1: Uh... What did you say the number was on Beal? Point,
0: 112.3 points per 100 possessions, which is awesome. What do you think the uh, offensive efficiency is on Well?
1: I'm, I'm just going to go with 98.6 because that's a good temperature.
0: It is a good temperature. I'll, I'll tell you that you're wrong and you're high. I will tell you that whatever this offensive efficiency would be, it would be last in the NBA. And I'll give you one more guess, and then I'm going to tell you what it is.
1: Um... I'm going to go 82.3 because it's a good temperature to live in if, uh, if you can work that out.
0: It would be a good temperature. It would also be an improvement on their offensive efficiency on John Wall isolations. They are averaging 79.1 points per 100 on plays that end in John Wall passes, shots, or turnovers out of isolation. Isn't that wild? 79.1. Like, that would so, be so by far the worst, ice, uh, the worst offense in NBA history. NBA history. Like so, back to the 1940s. I don't even care. No one has ever done that. That is, that's uh, it's mind boggling
1: Yeah, and so 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 here's my thing on that one, and this actually ties back into the to the end of that Knicks game, which I, the part that I thought was the most interesting part of that game is anybody who's watched the Wizards play for the last few years. And I mean, you obviously are, 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 are new to the people. You obviously watch the league and you've seen them play with all that. But like when you watch them on a night in, night out basis over the years, and you see what happens at the end of quarters, end of games, it's the same thing. John Wall, top of the key, uh, you know, dribble, 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 looks for something, ends up driving, probably pulls for an 18-footer, and you hope he makes it. Uh, but it's in, it's just remarkably inefficient. And then at the end of that Knicks game, I thought the biggest point of that whole game for me was that after the Wizards let a 15-point lead get down to about five, in part because there were some missed turnovers. Right, John Wall had a had a mid-range shot that missed. In the last minute, two offensive possessions. Scott Brooks put the ball in the hands of Bradley Beal both times. I will bet you, you could look this up, I would bet you good money. That's never happened before in the entirety of the time that those two have been to, to together on the court. That e- even one time Beal getting the ball would be pretty rare. That he gave it to him twice. Both times resulted in an open three-pointer. Markeith missed the first one. Wall buried the second one to seal the win. I thought that was impressive. Impre- 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 interesting, but it's it's, it's been frustrating over the years because Bradley Beal, because his ability to shoot, it seems like he was the better option on some level to have the ball in his hand. Now, of course, he's not nearly the ball handler that Wall is. He can't penetrate like Wall. Bradley Beal, only until the last year and change, has even been a pretty good ball handler is dribble drive. But It is frustrating to watch it over and over again. John Wall isolation at the end of games, and you kind of see where it's going. So when you tell me those numbers, in and of itself, that those are pretty shocking numbers, but having watched this, it's like, yeah, okay, I kind of get it. I maybe didn't know what the number was off the top of my head, but I see it with my own eyes, and that's what makes the end of the Knicks game interesting, and it's what made the flow of the game tonight interesting. Just less of that, more of the ball just kind of moving all over the place.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, part of – a best isolation player's isolation numbers are always going, almost always going to be a little bit down because of those plays that you mentioned. Like every single offense is going to have some amount of that stuff sprinkled in. Seven seconds left, go to your best shot creator. And he has an extremely difficult job in trying to do that. And John Wall is still their best shot creator. And he's still going to have to do that. So those numbers are going to bog down. But when you look at those numbers and you compare them to the rest of the Wizards offense and the way that they can get other shots doing other things and the way that John Wall. I think he used to be, uh, you know, when Jamal really was, you know, considered top whatever he is, top five point guard, whatever ranking you want to give him, when he was considered top five, top three player in the East, like whatever it is, John Wall was amazing creating those corner threes, creating those stand-up threes. And that hasn't necessarily shown this year. And if you can get to a place where that's the strength of Wall, this offense can be better. I mean, I think that's when the offense can be at its best. Uh, I, I just... My next thing. My next thing. Just, yes, sir. I'm just going to give you an opportunity to just talk about Sadoransky. Just talk, because I know you want to. I know you're begging for it.
1: Well, <laughs> the last time we did this, you gave me the layup and I, or the softball with the play, whatever, whatever uh, term analogy you want to use, and I completely whiffed by not uh, taking a big swing. Um, yeah, again, so so sort of the tied in with with the Beal part of. You know, the, do the Wizards maybe play a different kind of way when Beal is sort of the front man? I think it's also sort of the same thing with sataransky I mean, again, to use the pickup analogy, who wouldn't want to play with Sadoransky? Here's a guy who – he's his main – his the first, the second, and the third thing he's looking to do is 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 uh, pass. He can make a shot, but he's not dying to do it. And when you're playing with a guy who wants to pass, he isn't just looking for isos. Again, this is not about John Wall. This is about Sadoransky. That, that just becomes infectious, and the ball moves – and and uh, it, it was it, it was uh, it was good to see. I mean, and, and the thing about also when he played a lot last year, it wasn't just that you know, he was giving out a decent amount of assists. He was just incredibly efficient. And tonight, seven assists in thirty-eight minutes, zero turnovers. So he and he made shots. He pat. He got the ball where it needed to get and didn't uh, cough it up. it also had two steals. Uh, there's just so much to to like about him and. Um, <laughs> you know, look, uh, l- let me just tie it in with one other thing that you you like giving me grief on, which is understandable, that I've mentioned now several games in a row that Kelly Oubre is allergic to getting assists. Again, by the way, tonight everybody had at least one assist except for Oubre. He had zero in a game the Wizards had 34. That's five out of the six games he has zero assists. But in the, in the six games that Oubre started right after they made the lineup switch, the Wizards starting five with Oubre, and they, the, 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 the the main starting five played together five games. In those five games, their net rating for the starting five was minus 17.2. In the two games that we don't have the numbers for tonight yet, in the two games with Sadoransky, they were plus 25.1. Obviously, it's a small sample size, but over the course of the season, only one team with at least 100 minutes of together, the five-man unit, has a plus 25 or better it's a Clippers lineup with Gortat, of all people. Uh, so, it, it, it just goes show just right there how those two guys con- contrast. Uh, Satoransky, it's just all about where does the ball need to go, how do I fit in. It's what Scott Brooks said the other day. He loves the fact that Satoransky accepts his role, all that stuff. So, yes, a, a fun game from Satoransky. He just, he, and I didn't even mentioned like his energy. He just, you know, it's just he, he's always bringing that. Uh, he was two for three from three. A L- lot of good stuff out of him. No, he shouldn't be the starting point guard. Yes, he should continue to play more. And uh, tonight we saw reasons why.
0: He was very good defensively. He was very good defensively. The Ubre home road thing continues to be just the weirdest thing of all time. He's like now like 47% from the field on the road. Almost 40% from three on the road. And At home, he's like legit half of that. It's like 21 from three at home. In high 30s, I think 37% from the field at home. It just doesn't make any sense. Especially because it's not like he's he's always veered towards the road or something. I realize like this is totally a case of just early season stuff. And this is going to go away. But the fact that this continues to happen, it is just the weirdest thing. It is the absolute weirdest thing. It's so strange that it can be so drastic. Home road. There's no analysis to do of it. It's just it's just weird. It's just super weird. Uh, defense, we got to talk about the third quarter because it wasn't all peaches and cream. If the third quarter didn't exist and they just outscored Atlanta by like seven in the third quarter, which means they would have won this game by 38 or whatever. I don't know. I did the math in my head, right? 38? Yeah. Yeah. How about that? How about me? They would have won this game by <laughs> 38 if that were the case. We've been talking about all good things right now, but they gave up 45 points to the Atlanta Hawks in the third quarter. 35 points. Let's see the lines from the third. I'm calling this baby up right now. I'm on NBA.com. Here we go. The Hawks shot 16 of 24. They made six of eight threes. They made seven of eight free throws. That adds up to 45. Did I say 34? 45. They had 12 assists. The Hawks had 12 assists in the third quarter when they were just, I mean, lands to the basket were just wide open. They were getting kick-out threes. They were getting layups. It was just, it was it was like they, the Wizards just got up big. It was like, you know when the Wizards get down big? It was like the reverse effect of when the Wizards get down big and they're like, oh, I guess we better start trying. And then they make this comeback attempt, which sometimes they pull off and sometimes they don't. And, you know, they were down 24 and then all of a sudden they lose by 9. Or they were down 24 and then they somehow win and it's just sometimes too much or too little. This was like the exact opposite effect of that, right? It was like they were up however much they were up at the point, at the half, 23 points or whatever. And they said, okay, now we don't need to try. Now we're fine. And the Hawks cut the lead to 5. It was it was just a crazy defensive quarter to watch. It was so such an outlier from the rest of the game.
1: Well, basically, it was like the it was like the the last three or four minutes of the Knicks game, but over. But instead of the, get the clock running out, it was the
0: entire quarter. Yeah, it was. Because that Knicks game, my my Knicks episode, I didn't really talk about the last three minutes of the Knicks game because it was just so weird to talk about. I didn't even know what to make of it, and quite honestly, it just kind of slipped my mind. But yeah, they were up 15. And they won by three, with 15 with what three and a half minutes left, and they won by three. This one, it was a similar thing. It's like they they still haven't had that game where they put together, I guess the Cleveland game, the Cleveland home game, they were good for 48 minutes. And they still haven't had that game other than that game where they put together like 48 really good minutes, you know, consistently where it's like, okay, maybe, you know, there's a playoff here and there because every time there's a playoff. But if you look at it, you take each like six minute, eighth of the game, and you can say in each of those six minutes, Maybe they got outscored, but they played well and they played the right way. They maybe the Cleveland game is the only one of those, right? Am I forgetting something? No, no. I mean,
1: even in all the games, so the Wizards are now what ten and seven in their last seventeen. They're, but, they're but nine in, and
0: five in their last fourteen. Um,
1: yes, that, that's that's more impressive. So yeah, bite me on that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. Look at all these games. They beat the Clippers. But the Clippers were on the were on a back to back. They beat the Pelicans, but Anthony Davis didn't play, and and like all these games, like something happens that that they they win, but that but the game is closer than it needs to be, and you know all all these kind or, or, or they had a lead and they blow it like they did today to some degree. Yeah, so they haven't had a completely clean start to finish game, and you know I guess you, again not only by the way not only was John Wall not playing tonight, no Jeff Green, so they were shorthanded. Um, that doesn't factor in giving up 45 points to an Atlanta team. And by the way, because of that comeback, Otto Porter ends up playing 43 minutes. Bradley Beal ends up playing 42 minutes. That's um, not as big of a deal because they've got a couple of days off before the next game. But nonetheless, you shouldn't have to play that, those guys that many minutes in a game, which, as we're discussing, they largely dominated throughout. But because the lead got down to single digits, uh, you know, Brooks had to had to go go with those guys. To, uh, to, to, to close it off. So, yeah, they, they still – it's why, like, if people say, are they – have they turned this around? And I asked Brooks this up in New York, too. I'm like eh, – you know, even I'm like, eh, I don't know. It's hard to say. They're they're they're, they're beating bad teams, which, hey, Mazel tell they're doing that. But nothing is completely clean. So, yeah, it's hard to say that they're all the way fixed. But nonetheless, it's, you know, looking marketably better than what we were dealing with a few weeks ago.
0: Did you see the Wizards post-game tweet? Uh, I did not. I'm going to have to shout out our guy Zach Rosen for this because I have to say this might be his best one ever. This is so good. Did you see the PETA tweet that went viral today? I did not. What was that? So there was a PETA tweet that went viral today. Stop using anti-animal language. And it had a graph. And it basically had all of these conventional uh, exp- like idioms and expressions that we have and replaced them with others. So one was like, kills two birds with one – and it says, instead of, kill two birds with one stone, and then on the other side, it would say, it said, say, feeds two birds with one scone. Because you don't want to have the anti-animal language out there. And it was a completely serious tweet. And it went viral for getting constantly mocked. And it had tons of things like that. Instead of, grab the bull by the horns, it was, grab the flower by the thorn – grab the rose by the thorns.
1: Wow, I like, would have mocked that if I had seen that in real time. That everyone, some, uh, myself
0: included, had some mockery. I believe I don't know if I tweeted anything, but I absolutely sent it to some people, and we had a laugh about it. So the Wizards, and I called Zach Rosen the genius for this because this was great. Wizards tweeted, Wizards win, and then tweeted out. They photoshopped into the actual graphic, so it was like formatted the same way. And then said, stop using anti-animal language. Instead of Wizards beat Hawks, say Wizards win. Nice. It was so good. So shout out to Zach Rosen, who uh, who absolutely deserves one for that team. Because that was <laughs> so good. That was, like, really so good. Timely. So much better. Yeah, so timely. So lucky they were playing the Hawks today. They didn't have to be playing an animal team. They could have played somebody else, you know? And then it would have been a play- reach if you did it on another day, probably.
1: Right, the Knicks, the Cavs, the, Cav, uh, the Nets, those are, those, that doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, those don't oh. work. Those don't work. The Celtics, none of those things would work. But this works. It was well done. Uh, the Wizards, meanwhile, like we just said, they won nine, 9 out of 14. They've got a couple of days off. They've got at Cleveland. I don't know this for certain, but I assume at some point, either on Thursday or on Friday, both days off, they're going to have a practice. Either in Cleveland or in Atlanta. And I'll find out for sure. I'm going to hit somebody up after to see what the practice deal is. That practice will be their first practice in more than two weeks. So you look at these guys playing minutes, and I know you and I both individually, together, whatever, have had moments where we've talked about and between each other and to other people on podcasts, on Twitter, in articles, whatever. Like Otto Porter played 30, 43 minutes tonight, Bradley Beale played 42. Neil's minutes in particular have been super high, and he's had moments where he's played entire second halves and stuff. But it is worth noting they're attempting to manage minutes, or or I shouldn't say minutes, but they're attempting to manage workloads in other ways. Like they have not practiced since the day before Thanksgiving. They practiced on Wednesday, whatever that was, November 21st, and that's the last time that they actually practiced, two weeks ago from today. And we're podcasting on Wednesday night, December 5th. Uh, so they're, they're going to go a while. They have gone a while without practice. They're going to practice at some point, I'd imagine, because it just makes sense when you have back to back off days to have something, even if it's a light thing to have practice. And it's going to be the first one in a while. Um, I don't know. Interesting little thing, little tidbit, uh, to know about the minutes and stuff. If they win on Saturday in Cleveland, which they should, uh, you know, Cleveland is really, really bad. Atlanta's really bad and Cleveland's really bad. I mean, they're a game out of a playoff spot now. We could be talking about the Wizards as the eighth seed in like four days. And I know these are like famous last words, but they're only three under 500 now. Stuff's happening. Do you feel like they're definitively better than they were when they were two and nine?
1: Well, I think that, yeah, I mean, I think they, I mean, you know, this doesn't look like a team that's, uh, you know, barking at each other and their head coach in practice. (laughs) This looks like a team that cares about winning, that's trying um, and those are things that I couldn't necessarily say early in the year. So just at a basic fundamental level, I think it's different. And look, I, I would also say this is not picking on Dwight Howard, but like the up and down with Dwight Howard. He missed the first you know, several games of the year. Then he's in. It's a completely radical, different situation when Dwight Howard's in the game, because Dwight Howard, the good and the bad is just a fundamentally different look when he's on the court because of how he plays an interior presence, wants low, low post touches, things like that. They didn't have him in the beginning of the year. Then they had him for a while. Then he went away. Now they've had what is it now nine, ten games or something like that uh, with Thomas Bryant and Marquise Morris essentially playing the center. And not that those guys are the exact same player, but neither one of them are Dwight Howard. It is more of a free flowing situation. Uh, got you know bigs that can run the court. Uh, you know can can move outside a little bit, what have you. I, I suspect that that. Is also helping the situation. They kind of know who they are versus earlier in the year. They're trying to guess how we're going to play with the white, without the white, so on and 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 so on. But, but and by the way, just to go back to the one thing you were talking about before with regards to the, to the no practice thing in the minutes. When Scott Brooks came to Washington, and he was asked questions like, "What'd you learn during your year away from coaching?" One of the things he made a point of was saying how to manage minutes better. That like you can figure out ways to keep you can play guys essentially more on the court. By lessening what they do on the practice court, that type of thing. But I'll be honest, I, I haven't. I don't know if I buy that so much because if you're going to keep playing Bradley Beal and John Wall forty plus minutes a game, the guy they're playing against, he's playing less minutes in that game. And on some level, it just seems like that that time space of what's happening in the game is what is what matters. Maybe I get his point over the course of time, that that's uh, over the course of a season if you figure out ways to, to to curtail their minutes that helps but in the game John Wall and Bradley Beal when they go you know they start playing 40 minutes it doesn't go well typically they, they do get tired uh so I, I i get what he's saying i didn't buy it as much last year tonight obviously wasn't as big of a deal that you know Beal and Porter looked fine down the stretch but that whole thing of not practicing and or, or i mean obviously this is a bit extreme two weeks with no practice But this idea of they could play him more because they're practicing less, I still don't buy it. If the other guy you're playing has only played 35 minutes and he's the same level player, he probably is going to be a little bit fresher than you at the end of the game, and that's what I would say matters most.
0: Give me – plug your stuff before we go.
1: Oh, you know, at Twitter – what am I? At Ben Standing, NBC Sports Watch. semi-frequent guest of the uh, uh, Wizards After Dark podcast. I'm going to just put that on the resume at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah and you cut out there for a second, so I'm just going to repeat it that it's you're you're just at Ben standing on Twitter right nbc sports washington uh, that's your handle that right? is correct okay great and uh you got it. you can subscribe to Wizards after Dark uh on iTunes you can give us a five star rating you can give us like the nicest review that you've ever given anybody in your entire life if you want to do that that stuff's always awesome. I'm not going to be in Cleveland like I said, but I will be podcasting after, and I will probably be doing it on Skype with a guest again. Uh, So you can come join, and you can come listen like you normally would. You got an extra day to listen to this one because they got the extra off day. Then they're going to be back in, uh, oh no, then they're going to be going to Indianapolis, and I'm going to be there for the Pacers game. I'll be there for that, uh, and I'll be talking to you guys then. But before that, I'll be talking to you guys from uh, not this same basement, maybe another basement. Maybe I'll just do all of these in a basement from now on. I'll talk to you guys on Saturday.